This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, Joe, start of February. Obviously, our, our first game was unfortunately a defeat, but I think we've got plenty of things to be positive about and optimistic about heading into the rest of the month and the season. Uh, but first off, how are you, mate? Um, I am knackered, but I am going strong. Uh, yeah, apologies. Well, I do say apologies. Some of you may be glad not to see me on the podcast last week. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was a hell of a weekend. I mean, this my weekend consisted of um, leaving about half seven for Barrow, getting back at 10 o'clock, and then I was uh, out of the house at 8 a.m. on Sunday to go to the NEC for a work trade show. So um, yeah, it's been all go, but we've uh, managed to squeeze in a podcast this week. And I mean, we keep saying hopefully we'll be uh, back more consistent. But I think for now, I think we, I think we should be good going forward now. Yeah, mate, it's just life, isn't it? Like I'm on my end of had six nations super bowl to deal with, which should be over pretty much anyway after this week in terms of the actual madness of it. Um and then yeah, if not that then this just general life gets in the way. So it, it's a tough old gig sometimes, but you know, we try and get as many episodes out as we can to you guys and obviously we get one out today with uh, plenty to talk about with the transfer window. Of course we'll do a further recap on that based off last week's little brief one. Uh, of course look back at the defeat at Barrow. And then look ahead uh, to Acton and Bradford away. Uh, yeah, as the fixtures keep on rolling in and they don't really get any easier, to be honest. But I suppose we wanted to be honest in new recruits in January and we certainly got them, Joe. We spoke about oh, last week in terms of the actual sort of breakdown of who we signed and who we've got rid of, um, excluding Conor Grant here, I suppose we'll chat about um, today. But what were your overall thoughts of the window? Were you happy? Were you unhappy? What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, we definitely did need to trim down. And I think especially in the forward areas, we did do that. However, you know, there has been a big spanner thrown into the works and that's the injury of Max Dean. Now, I was quite vocal on Twitter or X um, saying, you know, people calling for a new striker when we already had Max Dean and Ellis Harrison. And in reality, that striker would be coming in to be third choice. I think it's fair to say. Now, of course... I've jinxed that because Max Dean <sighs> seems to have got a fairly serious injury, which I'm absolutely gutted for the lad. Um, and Ellis Harrison hobbled off on Saturday. Now, I'm sorry, but yeah, that's not a normal thing that normally happens in football. Um, and yeah, I guess you could, but I guess 
you know, in my mind as well, I did know that, you know, Matt Dennis, he's on his way back. He's, by the sounds of it, in light training, so not too far off. So, you know, potentially now we have four strikers. Uh, Emre, the young lad, plenty of pedigree, it has to be seen, said. But again, it's the first loan. I think we've seen before where there might be players like, say, Louis Barry. We were the first loan that he ever went on, I think. Oh, no, we were, no, we were like the second or third. Second, it, yeah, because that's so yeah, far four, right? But it's taken till his like third or fourth loan for him to really get going and show what he can do. I think Troy Parrott was the same. He went to like Ipswich and Millwall, and then he came to us, and then he really got going. So there's potential that you know maybe we don't see the best of Emre, but by all accounts, the Stoke fans were disappointed that he was actually loaned out. They wanted him as an option for their team. Uh, I don't think we can judge anything which we saw on Saturday. It was you know half an hour away from home. Um, uh, at Barrow, which is tough for the best for strikers, but I think, um, yeah, I think we we've done well to get him in, and I think you know hopefully the the injury isn't too bad. Um, I, I guess you know if Harrison's back, you've got Harrison, Emre, and Matt Dennis for the foreseeable, which I think is a, a fairly decent lineup. Um, I know people might be saying, oh, yeah, we've thrown it away, we've done this, done that. One thing I think that's really important with this team is. We've got goals around the team. You know, Ellis Harrison's been our backup striker and he's got, I think, four or five goals this season. Dan Kemp, we've he's only scored the one for us so far, but he's still in the top charts, you know, top top echelons of the charts for so far this year. Max Dean, he was our starting striker, but he wasn't he was scoring at a very good rate, but you still had Alex Gilby, Jack Payne's chipping in, Dan Harvey's got three this season, Was has chipped in with a couple. Uh, MJ Williams is getting in on the act there I say so I would say that actually that's one sort of reassuring thing that is that the goals are spread around the team Tomlinson as well how could I forget sorry um, so that's one sort of thing where I'd say you know we're not it's not like a, I think you see maybe like a Harry Kane or even like last season in, in League 2 Andy Cook at Bradford I think he got like 32 goals or something and if he didn't play Bradford didn't score essentially. So I think um, we're not reliant on one player, but I do think he's a very important player, especially in how we want to play. And um, I think we're going to have to adjust how we play, you know, slightly because Ellis Harrison is whilst a good player is a different player, Liam, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Mike Williamson in this presser this week was a bit coy on giving the updates on Harrison, which either means he's trying to be sneaky and, he, and he's reasonably close to coming back and obviously was a minor knock or, he wants to sort of protect Emre and is probably going to start Emre for the foreseeable future in terms of games. Uh, but of course, he wasn't the only player who didn't really get updates in terms of injuries because uh, Max Dean was the main focus on that one. So, but yeah, to take your point, yeah, Emre and Harrison, whilst they do share traits, I think in some senses, they are very different players. Um, obviously, we've seen Harrison's explosiveness come off the bench this season and why I was pretty vocal privately, at least anyway, about keeping Harrison in his kind of keeping him in his box in many ways, not taking him out of it if we, unless we have absolutely have to. Uh, I think he's been really impactful from the bench this year and he's really, when we needed a goal, he's kind of come on and done it. And obviously last week, he didn't really get that chance from starting from the off and then going off with that injury. Um, but yeah, you're completely right on Emre. Like, I think it's so hard to judge what we saw on Saturday. Like he barely touched the football. It's a really tough ground to not only play on, but also go to in the first place. And I think even Saturday's Acton, but I'm jumping ahead too much. That's quite a difficult game as well for someone like Emery. So 
we need a game where they're gonna. I think a team's gonna attack us a bit more to fully see what he's all about. And I think the next couple, when obviously Barrow, we just been aren't really those type of games. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of goals around the team. We've seen it all season, and I think actually um, Saturday will provide us a good opportunity to see that as well, based off how Atkinson have played this year and where we'd like or I personally feel those chances are going to come on Saturday to get us that goal that we're going to need to beat Accrington maybe even more than one but um, what do you think to I know there's quite a few departures on, on deadline day you know, and you mentioned about obviously trimming down the squad and Mike Williamson and Liam Sweet he certainly did that obviously there were some departures that ruffled feathers a bit more, bit more than others um, Not maybe not so Conor Grant but it's people like, um, like Charlie Waller was one that was interesting obviously Lecco going away was interesting um, Mo going to Exeter <coughs> as well obviously the Exeter's happened do you feel that some were bit unnecessary or do you think that those players wanted that football and they wanted to just go? Well, I think, you know, with Lecco and Conor Grant, you've got Wern and Kemp that have come in. So I think they're pretty much, you know, like for likes as such. And Grant's not a permanent deal. And if it is a permanent deal, um, you know, it's a loan with a view to permanent. We're being compensated for it as well. With Isa, I'd imagine he's one of our higher earners. And I think it's a if he's not going to play and... You know, let's face it, he hasn't started a game. He started one game in sort of 15, 20 league games. You know, having that sort of money on the bench is just not, you know, it's just, it, it could affect what happens in the, in the summer, for instance, maybe. Um, and I think that, so I think that one, yeah, fair enough. Waller's an interesting one because yeah. I think ordinarily he doesn't start in a promotion push sort of thing. Um, and especially with Jack Tucker on the horizon, hopefully within the next maybe six weeks or so. I have no idea on the time frame, but you know Jack Tucker for me is our best defender. Cameron Norman's also out injured at the moment, and this is I'm going to be mentioning this again when we come to talk about the Barrow game. But I think um, you know again we're pretty well stocked in that area. Anthony Stewart is also at the club. Uh, Brookalunga's been recalled as well, so he can fill in at left wing back if Harvey needs to go in at centre back or. Louis does. So I think that's just an area we're well stocked. And if he's in a good moment with that, with Banbury, and by all accounts, he's absolutely rocking it there. I think it's just unnecessary to bring him back to be fourth, fifth or sixth choice centre back. I think we're well stocked in that area. Again, we have two key injuries in that area. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes down to it in sort of four to six weeks' time, we should hopefully be rocking and rolling and then it would almost be a shame just to see Waller not in the 18 every week. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the extension of Waller's loans, and I mentioned how he was recalled, and I believe his loan was at the end of February, but he got obviously extended. I think him being extended only says to me that Tucker is really close. I mean, there, there was some chatter actually coming out of the press conference, I think from Toby Locke, that Tucker actually might be available this weekend, which is a bit of a surprise to me. Um, really? That's what the article said, whether it's whether okay. it's smoking mirrors or not. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's potentially on the bench. Um, but obviously, you know, that was the, that's the main thing that I took from Waller being a centre, but Tucker's going to be close. And it sounds like mm-hmm. he is. And also with the comments about Cameron Norman apparently banging on the physio room's door, wanting to come back as well, kind of gives us some, those options again. So we've gone from a room with a few key injuries, maybe looking for one, maybe you want to get one more in, to Tommy Smith's gone. Um, while I've stayed on loan and we're getting going to get Tucker and Norman back and Alunga back um, also for for um, potentially in the near future. So, yeah, I think people are just panicking for no reason, potentially. Um, obviously, I we're not keeping clean short sheets. term, short term, look, let's be honest, it's, it's you know, 
you kind of you're playing what we have at the moment. You're kind of playing people where it's not the it's not optimal. But I think the and it's always difficult when it, it when you are in the middle of the transfer window. But I think you do have to remember. And I know I, I hate saying this, but they're almost like these signings, especially Tucker. I think I think I think for Tucker, that's the one for me where he, he's he only played two or three games under Williamson. And he had a bit of confidence and a bit of swagger about him that I really, really enjoyed. Um, So, yeah, fingers crossed, mate. uh, We're rocking and rolling. And look, things can happen and more people can be injured and stuff. And that is football. But I think at at this sort of level, you've got to be, you know, pragmatic about it. And you can't, we, we can't do what, say, Stockport have done or Salford have done and sign... 30. I mean, Salford have left, um, Wrexham have left Anthony Ford, who was playing in League One for Oxford the other year, out of their, whole, out of their squad completely. You know, yeah, just I saw because that. He's, sl- he's injured at the moment. We don't, unfortunately, have the luxury to be able to gamble on players like that and gamble in a way that, you know, oh, yeah, well, if we need him, we can maybe put him in later down the line. But for now, we're just going to sign, you know, Jack Marriott, who scored 30 goals in League One a couple of, you know, five years ago or something. So, and he was pl- scored in a playoff final for Frank Lampard, playoff semi final for Frank Lampard at Leeds, you know, a couple of seasons ago. So, yeah, I think um, I think at the moment the squad and the eighteen looks a bit bare, but I think actually there's three, four, five players, you know, weren't included in that. They come back and instantly you think, oh well, we've actually got quite a few options here. Yeah, no, I- I'm really not concerned to be honest. Like, I, I do generally think that when I know he's speaking <laughs> when when everyone's fit, it is one of the best 11s in the league and potentially 18s in the league. Uh, as you mentioned, Wrexham probably beat it. Stockport probably beat it. But outside of that, you kind of like, I think we're on par with everyone else, particularly Mansfield and a couple of other clubs. So I think, yeah, listen, it's, I don't think the past couple of weeks have been amazing. Don't get me wrong. I think we've scraped a few results, but I think the, the teams that will get promoted ultimately will look back on those results. So that's what got us promoted rather than, oh, we've struggled here and you know, we should be playing better. Of course we're playing better, but to play at a really high level for 46 games in the season is just unrealistic. And I think if we can bounce back over these next sort of two or three games and put some points on the board, we're looking back at the table again rather than potentially trying to conserve a playoff spot. So, yeah, I think, don't get me wrong, I want to see us play well. Of course I do, but I think it's people just get a bit carried away with certain stuff. And uh, I get why, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I have faith in the boys to get results and put points on the board and definitely definitely faith in these players. I mean, I think this ties us quite nicely into Barrow, which obviously, you know, a late goal from Cole Stockton, that be a signing from the league above, a player that scored 20-odd goals last time he was down at this level, two, two or three seasons ago. And <clears throat> I think um, it, it was a difficult game. I was there. It was a difficult game. I thought we had moments where, you know, Ellis Harrison, he let, he held it up and brought people like Gilby and Tomlinson and Kemp into play. And we had lots of sort of moments, but no sort of clear-cut chances. But you could say the same for them. They had nothing really either. And I know that if you look at the XG towards the end of the game, uh, the, uh, if you look at the final XG, it's, you know, Barrow do have higher than us. But actually, I think virtually over half of that came in the last sort of 10 minutes when we were pushing and leaving ourselves open. Um, but for me personally, you know, the goal is kind of a, 
it's kind of just where we're kind of at at the moment in terms of, you know, MJ Williams, who's been really good, let's face it, and for the past sort of six games, he, he still is paying out of position as a centre-back and he's doing a job and he, he, he goes to win a header, unfortunately he misses that, the striker gets in behind and it's a brilliant first-time finish. But apart from that, there was genuinely nothing in the game. And I think before the game, if you'd have offered me a draw away to the team that are now third in the league, I think you'd been silly not to take it, especially given that our team very much is sort of patched up. And, you know, we defend from the front with Max Dean and Alex Gilby. And I thought it was a very bitty game. The pitch was... I don't think the photos do justice how difficult that pitch was. And I think Bate and Payne did a really good job of just actually even making us tick because it would have been so easy, especially with Ellis Harrison up front, for us to have sort of abandon our principles and basically play what the game Barrow wanted us to play. Um, but we, we, we stuck to it. We were OK. Defensively, we were fine. Just that one moment. And unfortunately, sometimes it is those moments that, that cost you. But it did. And I think from that game, I was just a bit, it was more just, ah, oh, damn, sort of thing. I wasn't annoyed at the players. I wasn't annoyed at the manager. I wasn't annoyed that we didn't sign another striker on deadline day. It was just, a, it was just, you know, we'd done all right. We, you know, I think a draw probably would have been fair, but they just, they just edged it at the end. And I mean, it, it just zooming out for context, you know, I think last 15 and 20 games where, first or second in the form table. The last five and ten games, I think we're still top five or top six in terms of form. So, yeah, we might have had, you know, regressed a tiny bit. But, you know, I think if we if this is going to be our regression period, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to when we start getting players back and hopefully we can really start just getting some consistency again because it does seem as though, you know, Mike's having to make two or three changes every game and shuffle in the pack, which unfortunately, you know, is something he's, is just part of football, but unfortunately it's coming at a time where we are going Saturday, Tuesday. I don't think it's the be-all and end-all, and it's certainly not defined our season. We're still in and around it. We've still got a comfortable gap in the playoffs, and um, there's plenty to play for still. Yeah, the, the, my, my the main reaction to it was well, when you get your, like, you can have your Gillingham performances, you can have your Barrow performances, so you're going to have games where like, you play absolutely crap, but you somehow manage to create your three points. Everyone's living life. And you're going to go to Barrow, a pain in the ass trip, like five hours in the car, whatever it is, uh, each way. And you're going to struggle to get goals when... And, and, and you're going to defend reasonably well despite you defending quite poorly previously. And the keeper's going to have a good game despite the keeper maybe not having a, a great games previously. But you still lose the game. Like, there's... You can't have one end of it without getting the other end. Sometimes very and... fine margins. Yeah, it's just what it's we, one we were the things. beneficiary against Gillingham, and then we were on the wrong side of it against Barrow. When ultimately, you probably would have said both games should have been draws. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But so but if anything, we're a point end, we come out. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's the so. That's, that's yeah. gone. There we go. That's the spin on it. We won. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. We're it's obviously you want to be you want to be four points up from where we or three points up from where we are. But we're one point up from where we probably should be. So it's not the end of the world. And yeah, I get it. Like if I went to Barrow, I'd have spent like 100 plus pounds trying to watch it and watch that performance. I'd be, I'd be pretty annoyed. But they're a really good team. And I'll say I was chatting to a Barrow um, fan on, on Talk TV on Sunday night. And yeah, he was just saying that people hate coming here because the pitch is shit. 
we're not particularly an amazing team, but we're just very resolute and we know what we're doing. And it's clear to see why they're one of the best teams in the league at the moment in terms of they're just there's a, t- a typical old-fashioned League 2 team who are resolute and, as you mentioned, have a, have a goal scorer in Stockton now who's going to get them those crucial goals and and, and did it and did it for Morecambe previously. So they're just a very good team. They're going to be a pain in the arse in the playoffs if they are there. Um, and it's one of those teams you're not really going to want to travel to, to be honest, because they showed why on Saturday as to why they can straight teams like us who want to play like you know the traditional like really attractive football compared to what Barrow offer, which is a bit more a bit more rigid and a bit more resolute. But we, but we you know as I said we didn't. It wasn't as if it was a bad bad performance. It was just sort of there was nothing in the game and we just fell the wrong side of the margin. So as far as I'm concerned, it's sort of put a line under it and go again. I mean, you mentioned Lewis Bate. I felt that was his his best game in a Don shirt by a, a little quite a margin to be honest. Um, obviously, it was a game where he was, he was allowed to have a bit more time than typically would have been against other teams. But I think he think Lewis said himself that he'd struggled to settle in initially. But that game, it felt like we saw the Lewis bait that saw we that we played against us for Oxford and was playing so well in League One. And well, we thought he was such a coup in the first place. Yeah, and I think he said some interesting things, which basically, you know, some of us football fans, we think we're experts, but you know, us included. I'm sure we, we have our opinions on things. But, you know, he was saying he struggled the first couple of games because he was living in a hotel and he was living out of a suitcase. And, you know, you think he's actually, yeah, when you think about it, he's like, oh, God, yeah, he's 20 years old, living in a strange town with loads of city, sorry, with loads of bloody roundabouts. And he's just been thrown in and said, right, yeah, go on, on you pop. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course he's not going to be straight up to it uh, 100% straight away. And it makes sense. And I think sometimes these things do have an underlying um, sort of um, impact. But I think, yeah, we saw he, he was coming deep. He was getting the ball. He wasn't doing it, he, but he was just doing what he was ticking it over. And I think without him, and maybe if it was, say, a Robson in midfield, who's more industrious and has his definitely has his place in the team, um, you know, and definitely has his plus points. But I think, you know, without him, maybe that game turns into more of a battle, which is more what Barrow wants. So I think actually Bate was really key in actually trying to keep us ticking over, so to speak. And I think that him and Payne did that both really well. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what can, can, can come, especially on um, the stadium MK pitch on Saturday. Absolutely. And I think in terms of the theme of players settling in, I thought Philip Marshall at least had had his best game so far. I think obviously with his five saves, his four inside the box, obviously he kept in it for quite a while until until he couldn't with that Stockton strike. But, you know, a player who has a lot of pelters, particularly at home games this year, um, but seems to be settling quite nicely. And funnily enough, more time on the training pitch, getting back into the Williamson system and league football, of course, also, which he hadn't experienced before. Yeah, it's um, he, he's just he's just been solid, if not spectacular. I think whenever a goalkeeper change happens, people kind of, you, I mean, we see it with a sort of Raya and Ramsdale. You're very much under the spotlight straight away, and the tiniest mistake is, oh, that's it, awful. You know, why have we done this? Why have we done that? But I think it's one of them where, again, you know, it, it will take. It's going to take a few games, but he looks assured. He he comes for the crosses. He's making saves and he's starting attacks as well. So, yeah, I, I think um, he's been solid enough. 
I don't think there's, I think there's maybe been a couple where you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe could have done a bit better there or a bit different there. But I think every goalkeeper in League Two would be exactly like that because at the end of the day, that they're in League Two, not in, you know, the Championship or the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, about as good as we could expect. And uh, long, you know, just the little improvements week by week, I think it's all we can ask for at this point. And he's, he's been solid enough. And um, I look forward to seeing how we can grow through the season. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like he's going to be a massive player in terms of the build-up play from our attacks, going from the bottom of the sort of, well, the bottom of the spine to the top of it, whether it be Dean, uh, Emre or, or Harrison. So, yeah, it's super key that I think we get behind him rather than slaying every two seconds for a mistake he's made. He's a young keeper and I think he's had a pretty good start, to be honest, considering he's been thrown straight in and... Yeah, I, I think he'll. I think he'll come good, and I think he's making progress, as Joe said, week on week. And uh, I think Saturday is another opportunity for him to do so. Uh, absolutely. Okay, we will take a short little break, and then we'll get into two games we've got to look at before our next episode, which will be Action Stanley at Stadium MK, and of course a little pre-Valentine's trip to Bradford. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Action Stanley at Stadium K. Obviously, Mike Williamson's first game was the, the game at the Wham Stadium, which unfortunately was a 1-0 defeat. And... I think we're safe to say MK have come a long way since that performance, but we'll give a bit of background on Atkinson whilst we can. So they're pretty much a middle-of-the-road team. They're 11th in the league currently, sitting on, what, 42 points and uh, two points off the playoff spots. So definitely in that sort of mix, teams where a late-season push could get them up to where they potentially want to be, which is the playoffs. Um, in terms of the type of team they are that they're a proper like a real aggressive team like they're gonna they're definitely not give us much time on the football i think they're they're a team with, with the sort of second highest direct speed and the highest pressing stats in the league in terms of ppda um which is just for context um is sort of the pressing data that are sort of in their own defensive third so they're essentially going to get at us so play, players like bait and paint aren't gonna have much time on the football so I think it's going to rely on, we mentioned about Marshall at the start of the, of the recording. I think Marshall's going to have a big sort of say in this game in terms of getting us out of the back and making sure that the likes of Woz, um, Tomlinson, Harvey are getting the ball in sort of potentially higher areas, trying to spread us out a bit to ensure that we're not getting pressed too much by by the Atkinson press. But they're going to try and focus on set pieces. I think it's another key thing here. Uh, 11 goals from set pieces this season, which is one of the highest sort of stats in, in terms of the league in general. Um, and it's something that they have really focused on this year and trying to sort of create high volume chances from sort of outside the area as well. So 
it's not a team that are going to try and break us down. They're really going to try and catch us on the break potentially and try and get those set B situations where they can get their big lumps up into the box and potentially threaten us. And I think we've seen, particularly since Williamson's come in, how how because some of our more attacking players and tender are a bit smaller. Um, we've sort of been exploiting set pieces. So yeah, it's going to be another game where we're going to need, I think, Marshall to be quite commanding in his area. And yeah, essentially he's challenged the ball. But I think he's going to need to be patient in this one, absolutely. Um, take our time on the football and just try and pick up pick apart Accrington and hopefully get a few set pieces in around the 25-yard box where sort of Kemp and Payne can work their magic. But they're very much a bend and break team who are going to try and catch us out a little bit, try and get those high sort of high pressure situations in the, in the sort of the our own third and potentially catch us out and get try and nick like a one nil winner against us. But they're an interesting team, Joe. It's not a team that we typically face too much of in in League Two in terms of how they like to sit back, but also press at the same time. So, what would you want to see from a, an MK Dons team going up against Accrington, and what would you be sort of talking to lads about on the training pitch this week? I think we want to kind of assert our game on them, and I think first of all you need to, you know, I think Russell Martin used to use this phrase. Oh no, no, it was Liam Mann in a big part. I think it was where you have to earn the right to play. In terms of if you if you're not able to run as fast and hard as them, then you don't deserve to try and do your tippy tappy, you know, sort of football. And I think that we've seen in instances of that this season. And I think uh, Payne is a really key player in that, especially as you mentioned. You know, they might be coming on to us a bit, but that could also mean that they're spacing behind. So if we are able to string a couple of passes together in the defence and turn them. I think that that could be really dangerous. And we've seen as well, especially when the game gets stretched, pain. I think, you know, back to the games like Bradford and Swindon, when there was space and they were trying to come at us and there was space left in behind, he was really crucial um, moving forward. Um, I don't know about Robson's fitness, but maybe that's just a throw a spanner in the works there. Just you mentioned with the set pieces as well. Or maybe even MJ comes into midfield if we have a, I, I don't know in terms of how injuries are looking, etc. Um, as you say, with Tucker maybe coming back potentially, could that, could that mean MJ goes into midfield alongside Bate or Payne, um, just to just to shore us up a little bit more in terms of that uh, defending the set pieces. Um, but I think it's yeah, it's a game where there's there, it's going to be fine margins. I think again, uh, they're a good team. John Coleman's still still there, um, and what a job he's done over the years. But they're they're a team that are there or thereabouts again. And a team that I think we're going to have to, you know, if we want anything out of this game, we're going to have to battle as hard as them in the first place to then be able to hopefully showcase our talents. And, you know, I'm glad it's at home because, you know, bigger pitch and all this sort of stuff. Um, But yeah, certainly a dangerous team who can catch us out if we're not at it from minute one. Yeah, and again, it's I know it's a thing we've said on many podcasts previously and, and many league seasons previously. The the first goal will more than likely determine this game, um, whether that be from Maxson catching us out or Don's just getting a goal, hopefully early, but getting a goal and then just that'll change the game dynamic completely. Um, I think us getting a goal earlier will definitely put more pressure on us, like keeping hold of the football. And I think the press will only intensify from Maxson. But also, I think... You know, if you're offered a goal, I think most managers taking that, quite frankly, in that situation and getting Atkins to come out a bit more. And as Joe sort of mentioned, you know, if they come out more, there'll be more opportunities to break on them and uh, show off our attacking prowess. And I think as well, you know, when 
uh, it's a it's a feature that we've had, especially with Russell Martin, when we were very much more possession based. Um, and I think we've seen it with Williamson too. We 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 quite strong finishers in games, especially tight games. So if it is tight, I can see us sort of having you know stretching them round and. It, 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 like you say, if it is still tight and nil-nil or 1-1 one, one or only a goal in it, I can see that towards the end, if the game starts getting stretched and they're getting a bit tired because they've been chasing the ball for 90 minutes, then I think that could really work to our advantage, especially if you know the likes of Wern is on the bench or Lofthouse, depending if he starts or not. I think that could really you know work in our favour. So I think... Um, yeah, our use of the ball is going to be really important. And I think we're definitely going to be looking to get, you know, make sure we have a lot more of the ball and use it a bit more, a bit better than we did against Gillingham. Because I think Gillingham actually did do a really good job of nullifying us with their press. Yeah, no, Gillingham were very impressive, actually. And I think they were very, very harsh not to get at least something from that game. But that that's football end of the day. Um, I think it helps, actually, that Tuesday's matchup um, against Bradford we're not playing the same team, but Bradford are obviously managed by Graham Alexander, um, are very similar in terms of setup to Accrington. So I think, and I don't, I don't wish there are, but if there are any issues that we identify against Accrington, we can probably, we can probably fix those quite quickly against Bradford. But again, Accrington, uh, Bradford are a very similar team in terms of they like to be aggressive. Their pressing data is also very high. Uh, aerial jewels is a big thing for them. Obviously, have Andy Cook up front, who's got eleven goals this season. Joe mentioned him previously. He's a goal scorer in this league. Uh, they're going to want set pieces. Um, they operate in a similar system in like the sort of the three four two one. Um, so yeah, they're going to want to bully us a little bit. I, I think in particular, obviously, Alexander's going to have a bit of a a fall on his backside. I imagine after how he was um, sort of swiftly <laughs> moved out of Milton Keynes. But I I think both games going to be highly highly competitive, and they're going to really test the sort of backbone of this Dons team, particularly after a difficult result against Barrow. You know, they, they were told they were down. How can they bounce back and take things at Accrington and really get our season going again? Because, you know, these are, this is a personal opportunity to get six points here. I think we can definitely win both games, but it's all about how we start, particularly the Accrington game, the first 20 or 30 minutes. Can we get on the front foot? Can we show our stuff off and can we get a goal? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I think that is a signing off for the week. Um, thank you very much, as always, for listening to this week's episode. Um, as mentioned, we'll be back hopefully next Wednesday chatting about Accrington and Bradford, hopefully six points on the board. And um, yeah, looking ahead to Twindon away, of course, which will be uh, an entertaining game, I'm sure, with all their sort of issues off the pitch, but also a return for, for Dan Kemp at Swindon. Uh, yeah, ho- hope you enjoy your weeks. Uh, see you on Saturday. And until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.